Who knows what Jay-Z, J.K. Rowling, Bill Gates and Oprah Winfrey all have in common? Okay, I will tell you then. They have all overcome failure in one shape or form to go on to gain success in their respective careers. Welcome to My Perfect Failure. Join us as we delve into the world of our perfect failures. We will interview, explore, and discuss how our perfect failures can lead us to success. Join us and tune in. Welcome, everybody, to another fantastic episode of My Perfect Failure. Today, we have another wonderful guest. The guest today, he's the founder and the president of Pacific Capital, a fiduciary wealth management firm based in Southern California. He was elected city treasurer for his city, managing a massive portfolio of 350 million investment portfolio, which is staggering. He's a co-owner of the Draft Sports Complex. He's married, he's a father to five children. He's been featured in Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Inc., US News and World Report, Entrepreneur, Entrepreneur Magazine, NBC News, Financial Advisor, California Business Journal, and, and many more publications. He's also the author of a fantastic new book, Stress Free Money Overcome These Obstacles to Find Financial Freedom. So, a very warm welcome to my perfect failure, Chad Willardson. How are you, Chad? Thank you. Thank you very much for that generous introduction. I appreciate it. Well, it's that's all you. That's all you. <laughs> that's all your. That's all that you've done today. So it's it's um, fabulous. What as I was reading that, I was thinking, wow, where does this guy find time to oh. put all that into a working day, a working week, a working month, a working year? It's quite staggering all that you do. And obviously you're a father and a husband as well. So that's, that's uh, quite formidable. Yes, thank you. It is a lot. I get that question a lot, actually, Paul, is where do you find the time for all this? And I think I learned very early on that I've got to prioritize what matters. Mm. And, and all the struggles and failures I've had have come when I have misprioritized my time and my attention and even my money for that matter. So it's, it's really taken a clear focus on I'm only going to do and pay attention to what matters most. And if I put those important things first, then everything else will fall into place. Yeah. I think that's kind of an insight that I've learned through my struggles over the years. Yeah. I think that's a really important insight because I think there'd be people listening to this that, you know, have lots going on, or maybe not even as much as you going on, but they still struggle with time yeah. to how to fit it in. So yeah. it's um, comforting to know that people out there do exist like you that mm-hmm. do huge amounts of different things successfully, but you manage to put it in. So it's just, it's just, uh, I guess, a matter of understanding priorities, time, and just getting it all in and just understanding that and tweaking where needed keep the main things the main things absolutely absolutely so i've been looking forward to recording this um episode with you uh for a number of reasons one of which you've got a new book 
which is just released yesterday. Just released yesterday. I'll, I'll even hold it up on the video here. But yeah, it just came out yesterday. Recipe Money. It's Recipe Money. And that is, I can't, I can't think there's anybody that will listen this podcast that doesn't want to know about stress-free money so i'm definitely already all ears today and keen to sort of maybe tap into that a little bit and find out what inspired you to put the book together but also i'm really keen to sort of help and support listeners that might have stumbled along the way and maybe don't know actually where to start to actually get on that treadmill to understand how they can get to the point where they can start the very start of the journey to get to that point where stress-free money becomes a viable reality for them so um so yeah so lots to dive into so in relation to the book hot off the press what inspired you to actually get to the point where you wanted to create your book i i cannot say that it's always been a goal of mine to have to be an author and to write a book but I will say that in the last five to seven years, I've felt an urgency to share insights with people of all backgrounds and different financial level and different financial net worth. I felt like there are principles that could help you no matter where you are in your life. And and I hate to see people struggle that don't need to struggle. Yeah. So when I know when I know the solution and I know some ideas that would really immediately impact somebody, but I see them struggle along because they just don't know where to get the information that always kind of just kind of ate at me. It bothered me. And so I said, I need to put something in writing, make it permanent and share it with the world. And stress-free money is just that it, it is a lot of stories, a lot of insights. It's, it's a simple, very easy to read book. Um, it's not something that is full of, hard words and jargon and analytics. It's not boring. Uh, yeah. My young, one of my younger sisters who does not read nonfiction, does not read financial books. She said, Chad, I actually read your book and I was so excited. I couldn't put it down and I can't believe it. So well, a very, very honest feedback from uh, one of my sisters who is definitely not interested in, in, uh, in these kinds of types of topics. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to get something out there that people could, easily grab a hold of and learn something that would hopefully alleviate some of that stress or intimidation that people feel when they think about money. Yeah, totally. I think that's, so first thing I wanted to say that if you get a sibling that endorses your book, you know that you're onto a winner because siblings siblings can be they can be the harshest critics, right? Absolutely. They can be harshest critics. So if it's pass if it passes this sibling test, right. you're on to, you're on to a good thing. And um yeah, and I like the fact that the way that you've described the book, that it takes away some of the intimidation and some of the fear that yeah. you know we all have or can have around money and how to approach it and how to to confront where we need to go and I think that's you know a very important ingredient for a book that talks about money and how we can aspire to to achieve our sort of financial objectives one thing I wanted to talk about and we'll get back to the book in a second but I, I just felt that this was something that resonated with me as I was researching you the fact that 
throughout your sort of life, I've seen this pattern of you giving back from a child to volunteering as a 12 year old for uh, Special Olympics to a two year stint at a volunteers missionary in Eastern Europe to, to obviously being a city treasurer, which I mentioned earlier. So is that yeah. sort of something where you do like to give back and you do like to support people? Yes, I feel like um, my the way my parents raised me is to be grateful and to be giving and to be serving. And it's it's just what I it's what I learned to do when I was younger. So it wasn't anything special. It was just like, hey, we're going down to this. You know, it's Christmas time. We're going to go down and we're going to serve meals uh, to the homeless, or we're going to go do we're going to go to the park for Saturday and we're going to do a trash pickup. Or we're going to the Special Olympics for the week and you're yeah. going to spend all week coaching. And it was the coolest thing. I got to coach the wheelchair basketball team and basketball wow. is my favorite sport. So I fell in love with these special needs athletes and I was 12 years old. And it just like those kinds of experiences change you. You yeah. know, it really changes your heart to be someone who wants to give back and I feel like there's no point in success if it's not shared or given, if you're not giving back yeah. and the more you give, the more that comes back anyways. So you're not really even, you know, you're always in debt mm. and you know, I'm a religious person. So I'm, I feel like I'm always in debt to God as I'm always giving, but I, I receive more than I'm more than I'm, than I deserve. And mm -hmm. so the more things I can do to try to find opportunities to give back and to share then I'll definitely do that. And that's what, that's something that we teach our children as well. You know, money lessons are how much am I going to save? How much am I going to give back, give to charity? And then how much am I going to spend? And it's, it's in the order of giving first and spending last. And that's just something that's always stuck with me. Very interesting. And it's very interesting for a time that we live in now where that sort of ideal can be quite lost in the, capitalist and commercial and the everybody wants something now or for nothing so yep. that type of you know ethos or methodology is something that i think you know we need more of i agree i agree i think you have less stress about money when you're okay giving things away yeah uh, if you don't grip your possessions and your money with like that tightness yeah if you're okay to share and give like you, you have confidence in there in the abundance hmm. and that things will come back to you if, when you need it. And it's, I think it's a much less stressful mindset to be in. Yeah. yeah and, and I think you do get this satisfaction when you see other people happy, when you've been Agreed. able to do something for them and you can't, you can't get that through like gripping onto your money where you are just yeah. anxious because you don't want anybody to get into your little little piggy bank or whatever it is you've got yep exactly so i just want to i want to go back to the book in a second but i just want to dig in to find a little bit more about your sort of journey and i again doing some research for this i looked at i mentioned at the top of the um of the intro pacific capital and i love the you know i'll put this in the show notes maybe a little clip that i've got of that and I love the sort of the ethos around that the personal approach that you take and the way that your the organization supports your, your clientele so how did Pacific 
capital? How did that arise? What was the thought process behind that? I spent nine years at a global investment bank, Merrill Lynch. I learned a lot. I started right out of college. I was 23, 24 years old. I spent nine years there. And after the Great Recession, you know, there were major changes in the banking industry. And there was just a lot more, in my opinion, conflict at work. It, it just was more, it felt a lot more bureaucratic. It felt a lot more, let's protect the bank, you know, let's protect the bank's interest more so than what the client is asking for. Yeah. And so I felt this tug of war. Uh, you know, my right hand is being pulled to what the the big bank and the profits. My left hand is being pulled to the to the client needs. And you know, you you can't serve two masters. And I had to choose. And so I really felt that I wanted the reason I got into this business was to just be all about the people and figure out how to help them. And th the best advice I got was if you put people first and always do what's right for them then the success and the money will follow. And I, I got that advice right before I started this job and it's always stuck with me. And I was like, look, I'll take a step back. I'll take a pay cut. I'll start my own business, Pacific Capital. And we did it in 2011. And, and if I just design everything around the client experience and what they really want, make it personal, make it exactly what I would want for my parents and grandparents, then then eventually the success will come back and we'll be able to build back up what I was already doing at Merrill Lynch. Yeah. And we've grown way beyond what I was ever doing in business over there. And I'm much happier and our clients are happier. And I, I'm very thankful that it's, you know, that I actually took that leap of faith because we haven't looked back at all. I'm just thinking about that journey and about you taking that leap of faith because not that I've worked in the financial sector, but you know, you've got some insights, particularly around 2008, what was going on then. That wasn't sort of the way that most people thought. So for you to take that leap of faith, it must have been quite difficult to go against what the majority of people thought, how you should operate. And I can imagine people just not getting it because yep. it wasn't the done thing. What was that like? Dealing with there, that. Was, there were a lot of people that thought I was making a mistake mm. and said, why would you leave the big corner office, you know, all the publicity of working for one of the Fortune 100 companies and all the corporate perks and, <clears throat> and things like that, you know, if, but I just felt inside of me that I, I had to do it. You know, I needed to yeah. step out and be a full fiduciary where we could give advice on anything the clients need and we wouldn't be constrained or restricted to tell them only certain things that fit yeah. the company line. And, and to me, that was always, the more that became an issue, the more I knew I had to leave at some point. So, but yes, it was, it was difficult. And I look back and I think, Holy cow, it was crazy. Like, what was <laughs> I, I can't believe I, I had the guts and confidence because I look back and I was 32 years old. It was nine years ago, nine and a half years ago. And it's like, I'm really glad I did it. I don't know how I had the guts to do it, but. Yeah. And look what you've created. So you've created a wonderful business for, for your clients, for your employees. Yes. And actually, hopefully there are other businesses out there providing a similar type of service. There are. 
Yeah. Yes. There are, there are great fiduciary advisors all over though. We only represent maybe 5% of the industry. Yeah. But that's, that's one tip when it, when you talk about a tip, if you're getting financial planning advice, you should find a qualified and professional fiduciary because okay. those are the people who are independent. Yep. They're, they're not just working for some kind of a commission or you know they don't work at a big bank or a big insurance company. They just work for you because they're a fiduciary. So they get paid only by you. There's no hidden hidden fees, hidden agenda, conflicts of interest, stuff that's behind the scenes working against you. So if, if you're looking to do financial planning and, and get some advice, I highly recommend you find a fiduciary and there are many great fiduciaries out there. Okay. Okay. That's really good advice. So entrepreneurs and families who are looking for financial advice, finding a independent qualified fiduciary would be the way to go for, for those guys. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, what are some of the mistakes that you see people making? Are, are there really obvious mistakes that people make that they can eliminate pretty much from the get go? Yes. So I will tell you, and I'm, I'll go over a few and I'll give away some of the secrets in this book, but yeah. stress-free money. We talk about the seven obstacles. Okay to financial freedom. And these are common mistakes that I see regardless of your income level and regardless of where you are in life. One of them, and the first obstacle I talk about is not having any clear goals. And that's a big issue is, you know, if, if you are, if you show up to the airport with some luggage and you don't have a ticket, you don't know where you're going. You don't know when you're leaving how did you even know what to pack? Like it, it, it doesn't even make sense. We, we put in more preparation into planning a vacation than we do into planning our financial life. And that's just a fact. It's more fun, I guess. It's more fun to plan a vacation. So people just, they prepare for it. You know, they plan their activities. They know what clothes to wear. Now it's like, what do I want to do in my financial life the next 20 years? And it's kind of like, well, I don't know. I think I'll just keep doing what I'm doing and hopefully it'll be okay in the end. So having clear and specific goals, you need to have some kind of a destination, something to work towards to, to even know where to start. Yeah. And is that where someone like a fiduciary could help you with that? Yes. That's where you work with a fiduciary to help craft a plan. Mm. And a lot of times we'll help people they don't even necessarily know their goals, but when you have that goals conversation and you're discussing and you can really pull it out of them, what they're looking for. Yeah. So if someone says, well, I want to have some investment real estate someday so that it can pay me X in monthly income. Well, I would ask them, so that what, hmm. what's behind that? Let's talk about the purpose. Well, so that I could take care of my mom because she's ill and I know that there's going to be high expenses okay, okay, and okay. I, my, no one else in my family can help afford that. So now we have a little purpose behind the goal and we can actually maybe refine the goal and get specific about numbers and other things to put a plan in place. Once you have a purpose and you've got meaning, then you can really be motivated into action. Um, you've got purpose and meaning you're going to be more likely to be disciplined, to have good habits. 
to be more long-term focused, you know, not to get swayed by the glittery and shiny objects out there. So I really feel that having that goals conversation with the fiduciary and, and talking it out, you know, getting it out of you and then putting it, putting it in writing, you know, less than 3% of people have written goals. And yet those people achieve their goals 10 times more often than those who have no goals written. So coming up with a written financial plan and goals, life goals and reviewing it regularly and making tweaks. Yeah. You know, I think that's extremely important no matter what stage of life you're in. Okay. Really, really good advice. It's almost, um, as you were talking, I'm thinking about the comparison of going to, it's almost like going to a financial doctor where that you go to a doctor, the doctor, you would tell your doctor what your, your symptoms are or what you've been, you know, why you're there. And they, after sort of the consultation, they prescribe or direct you. And it's the same kind of procedure. Yep. Which is- absolutely. Yep. You've got to find when you're going and meeting with a fiduciary advisor, they need to be someone who really asks you a lot of questions mm-hmm. and they're very engaged in understanding where you're coming from. Yeah not just like a surface level and then they're going to try to make a sale. So a lot of financial advisors, they're trying to sell you an investment fund or an insurance policy and they're just, okay, I'm going to ask you a few basic questions, but then here's what I'm going to sell you. Yeah. That's, that's where you need to be careful. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think when you talk about goals and setting goals and whatnot, I guess there are some people that it might be something that is foreign to them. So, I'm glad that you've talked about that because if it's foreign to them, then the idea of matching goals with your money objectives, it might be something that they've not even thought about before. So that's a critical piece of the process. Yes, that, that, and you've got it. You can create your own future and the thoughts that you have, whatever you dwell on and think about, you're really going to attract into your life. So the more you're thinking about what you want out of life, you know, what, what is fulfilling to you, then, then the more likely you are to have that happen. So if you say, if you really sit down and stop and say, you know, I'd really like to, I'd really like to go on a one vacation to this particular place and create a family tradition. I'd really like to give to this charity. I care about this issue and therefore I'd like to make an impact donating time and money and resources to this issue, this cause. Yeah. You know, that's the legacy I want to leave. So you may, you may not have goals specifically, but you know what you care about and you know what you like. And so you can start to make a list and look at what, what would I, if I had a perfect 10 years from now, if I had everything that I wanted in my life, what would that look like? And then you start to work backwards and make, essentially you make steps and building blocks and you may not get there and you're going to struggle and you're going to have failures, but you're going to be a lot far further along if you've actually thought it out and written it down. Yeah, totally. What must be incredible is when you get a client comes in for the first time and, and they're a blank canvas at that time and probably sort of unsure about maybe even skeptical because they're just not sure they're just taking a punt on it. But then you see the revolution where they just get into it. They understand it. You see them putting their plans together, their goals together. And then you see this person that is going from that, that blank canvas where the financial freedom wasn't there 
and then all of a sudden you see it just be, it's just bubbling and bubbling and bubbling and bubbling until they hit that they plateau to that it's become a reality and that is why i do what i do yeah because i love seeing that process and i love taking someone from that i'm not really sure how to get there to I can't believe this. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. I don't worry about money stuff anymore. And, and let me be clear. It's not about earning more income. People mistake that and they think, well, if I just, if I just have higher earnings, if I just have, get a raise or if I just, it's not about that. You've got to plan and prepare with what you have and be, and get in that mindset, you know, by being prepared, by having something in place. It's not just if I, if I make X dollars more per year, then all my problems go away. That's, that'll never happen. That's a mirage. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Cause definitely, definitely that is a mirage that I'm, I'm around a lot of people that have that perception. So I'm, I might need to get them a copy of your book for Christmas yeah. <laughs> so, so they can start 2021 on, on the, on the front foot. So in relation to, investments a lot of people think about you know making investments is that is are there any cues or red flags that people should look for when they're looking to go down that road i think some common mistakes are that people look to um to get rich quick or they look to yeah they, they want to shortcut the process and the truth truth of the matter is it takes patience you know, it takes anything that is worthwhile is not going to be super easy. So if, you know, if I want to suddenly get fit and healthy, it's not going to happen between today and tomorrow based on where I'm starting. So it takes commitment. It takes patience. If someone is promising you investments that sound too good to be true, they probably are. Mm. Um, If you think about it today, so we're September 30th, 2020, and interest rates at the banks are almost 0%. So if I have money in a savings account today, I'm basically earning 0%. So if someone comes to me and says, hey, I've got an investment idea, it's going to make you 25%, and it's not really risky. It's a sure thing, and here's why it's so great and this and that. You've got to look at that and say, well, wait a second. If the banks are paying 0 mm-hmm is 20 to 25% as an easy return is does that make sense to me probably not probably someone is is not being totally upfront and transparent about the risks involved so to protect yourself i would say just be sure that you're not jumping into any get rich quick ideas or schemes or fads yeah. a lot of people a lot of people think they can just shortcut the preparation and patience and say, well, shoot, if I just invest in Bitcoin, then you know I can triple my savings in the next year and I don't really have to go through that long process of commitment and patience. But I've seen that not work out way more times than not. Yeah. yeah. But also, I think you know, the journey, if you understand that there's going to be a journey and whatever we do, there's actually a lot of reward in that to go like with you with all your clients that come in as a blank canvas actually right. they you know the actual growth that they get in that journey must be amazing there's appreciation for the where you came from to where you are yeah 
yeah exactly and it it's, i think it becomes more important and you you just get more satisfaction not just from your sort of wealth but from you know the the, the process so so the book what was the process like putting that together because obviously there's a lot that's got into that how did you find that process i found it a lot more difficult than i originally thought yeah. <laughs> it took a lot longer i started a year and 8 months ago and there were times where you know i didn't do any writing for like 2 months 3 months mm -hmm. and i just felt like man i'm just kind of stuck i'm not sure where to go mm -hmm. you know you go through those struggles and doubts of like is this going to be you know, is this even, this is because it's stuff that I know and talk about every day. Is it even interesting to some other, to some other people? And, um, you know, I just started writing down stories and ideas that I saw where I saw people get that mindset transformation and go from anxious or stressed out or overwhelmed or intimidated to completely freed up mm -hmm. and, and in a way better stage of life. And it's all, it's all in the little things that we just need to be reminded of. And I'm happy to actually share. Um, my publisher sent me about an hour and a half ago that we had, we made three bestseller lists, number one bestseller wow. list already wow. in the first 24 hours. So that's crazy. That's congratulations. Cool. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. I did. I had no expectations for that, but yeah. Um, off to a great start, I should say. Absolutely. And when you were talking about it sort of earlier, I just thought to myself as you were talking that it's almost like a Bible that we all should have. Yep. That, you know, we can all, you know, regardless that you can be in bed at night reading the book or a chapter of the book. Yep. It can yep. be in the morning before we get up and get into the into the day. It can be at the weekend that we can grab pieces of the book to just reaffirm you know what you know where our goals are at what we want to do so i said so that's the way that i envisaged it and i obviously i will read it and i'll give you some feedback on that but um I, I just think that we all need that because we don't get that you sort of you go you go through the school system and you school you know we, we have a different system in the uk but i'll call it school yeah. college university and you go to work but you don't really get that that type of tutoring around what, what I've said when I've spoken at schools, I say, why are kids graduating? Why are they leaving university or even, even high school, secondary school? And I'm saying they know how to dissect a frog, but they don't know how to balance their bank account. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't make sense. I understand science is important. I'm not, I'm not disrespecting science, but I'm, Money touches every single family. You have to make money decisions as you become an adult and grow up. So why don't we teach personal finance more successfully? And that's always just bothered me. I just feel like the, we need to start younger and we need to teach them how to be financially responsible adults yeah. from a young age. Yeah, it probably should be just a subject as part of our curriculum absolutely should be required yeah absolutely it should be mandatory that that is a is a part of the curriculum that we have to see exams we have to understand we have before we leave school 
it's a qualification that we all have to pass because you could even be, you know, have a, have a job where your job is to maybe look after big accounts. <laughs> you can do that, but you can't look after your own personal finances because it's a different sort of mindset that you, you don't apply that to, to yourself. And I'm not, to be honest, I know that <laughs> from personal experience and also from other people as well. So I definitely feel that, yeah, it should be part of a curriculum. Maybe one day that might happen. Maybe one I day. I hope so. I hope so. Maybe one day. Okay. So the industry, 2008, has um, obviously was a difficult period and obviously people have transcended that. But are, are there sort of interesting things about your industry that people might not be aware of that maybe you can share any things that are sort of, that makes sense? Yes. Our industry, um, at least in the United States, we've got over 600,000 people that call themselves a financial advisor or financial How many, sorry? 600,000. Okay. And less than 5% currently are legal fiduciaries. So I don't know how it is in the UK, but that has become more and more apparent as as the information online has just gotten more and more available. So people are seeking independent, objective, and conflict-free advice. And that's become more in demand. So I see more people leaving the big banks and becoming true fiduciaries where they literally are just working for the client as almost like a, a consultant, a third-party yeah. consultant with no strings attached to the big banks. I think that has become more and more, more and more in demand and it will be, I, I don't think that trend will ever stop. What, so why is may, that? Because people, people don't want to be sold to. They want to have, okay. like if you go to your doctor, you expect your doctor mm -hmm. to give advice that's best for your health. Yeah. You don't expect your doctor to try to sell the best pills that make him the most commissions. Yeah. Like that feels terrible to imagine that my doctor <laughs> is prescribing this bottle of pills over that bottle of pills because they make more money. Yeah. And and yet we fully accepted that in the financial advice world where people are compensated based on which bottle yes. of pills they give you. And so a fiduciary does not get paid differently based on the medicine you take. Mm -hmm. It's a flat fee and they work for you. They don't work for the pill companies. Mm -hmm. So that, that fiduciary mindset is becoming, in fact, there's a lady, I think, I think she's close to London. Um, I met her at a conference in Hawaii and she's, she's working on the financial planning industry and making some great strides all over the world. She's from the UK and we, t we had a long conversation about this, how in 20 years, maybe 50% of the world's advisors are fiduciaries. Whereas right now it's less than five. That's our hope. Okay. I have my fingers crossed that that becomes a reality because um, it's almost like there's this consciousness that now exists, which is, which is great. And, it's, and I, as a consumer, that's what we want. Exactly. That's what we want. So with regards to, to the book, obviously you're in the U S where can people access that? Where can people access the book? The book is for sale on Amazon. 
on Amazon. Yeah, and for the first week, the Kindle is on sale for ninety nine cents. Wow! So. Wow! People should <laughs> be jumping. I don't know that. what the currency conversion is right now for you, but it's <laughs> not it's not expensive. Okay, okay. But I'm going to get the book though. I want I want the book, so I'm going to get the book. Um, and what I'll do, I'm going to grab a. If you don't mind, I'll grab a link for the Absolutely. book. I'll put, I'll put yeah. that. I, put I think Ricky said she was sending it to you today, so she'll send it over to okay, you. Okay, fabulous, fabulous. I'll put that in the show notes. So we're getting towards the end now. And um, so we do have, obviously, I'm in the UK, but we do have um, listeners in the US. And right. I'm presuming that your Pacific capital is predominantly for clients in the US. So We can, we can serve people anywhere, but... Really? <laughs> yes, we can. Yeah, we have clients actually. Uh, we recently got some clients in the Netherlands. Oh, wow. Indiana, That's too far away. And uh, Switzerland. Um, but most of our clients are in the U.S., but we, we're able to help people anywhere um, okay. as a fiduciary advisor, especially with the Zoom technology becoming more yeah. widely accepted. So. Yeah, yeah. That's great. So I was always told, and I still do this, um, you should never make assumptions, Paul. <laughs> Still making assumptions. There you go. There you go. Okay. So people that uh, want to contact you, what's the best way for people to contact you? Yeah. I mean, our our website is pacificcapital.com. Okay. And to schedule a conversation, you can either go to the website or go to goalsconversation.com. It's just goalsconversation.com. That's where you schedule a free Zoom chat and we, we have a conversation. If you want help, um, if you're looking for fiduciary advisors in your area and you're a listener of, of Paul's show, then I'd be happy to help you compare or answer a couple questions on that as well. You can reach out to us. I'm also very active on LinkedIn, okay. so you can connect and engage with me there. I'm, I'm posting daily insights on LinkedIn as well. So, Okay, fabulous. Well, uh, again... I'll find you on LinkedIn so I'm sure we're connected and I'll put that on the show notes as well just so people can um, can find you. And just we are just like to, two more questions. So so for listeners that are at the very start of their journey and I'm sure what they've heard today has resonated with them or they don't know how or where to start, what would you suggest they do? It's It starts with designing your your ideal future it starts with having clear goals um you can't it doesn't make too much sense to go and pack for a vacation and not have any idea where you're going to go and so you've got to decide where you want to go first and so if you're just starting out decide where you want to go decide where in 10 20 30 years or even just five years where you would like to ideally be and maybe what are some of the steps that can help you get there. If you have trouble figuring out the steps, a fiduciary advisor can certainly help you plan that out. And, and we meet with people every day. And so sometimes it's harder when you're by yourself and you're thinking about these things for the first time. So if you meet with a professional and they can give you advice and say, here are some common goals we see for someone in your age and your income level, here are some common goals and that, and that will help. But it starts with finding a destination for sure. Okay. Okay. And and I was thinking getting a copy of your book will clearly help as well. I 
I hope so, and I believe so. Okay, okay. And my very last question is, so if Chad could invite three inspirational people for dinner, who would you invite? That is a, that is a great question. You know, my first thought as you say that is uh, my three grandparents who are no longer living. Oh, wow. I was really close with my, my mom's parents. And uh, I, I don't know, I recently came across some pictures and I was like, it'd be great to pick up the phone and call grandma yeah. and tell her I wrote a book, you know? Yeah. Okay. I'm sure she's upstairs and she will be nodding about the, about a you completing it and B about the success you're going to have with it. So Chad, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Really, you know, really enjoy talking. Congratulations on the book. And I look forward to your next book, whenever that comes out, I'm sure there'll be one in the future. And thank you, everybody, for listening to uh, My Perfect Failure. You can find me at www.myperfectfailure.com. Twitter is failure underscore perfect. Insta is Pat's MPF. And please, please, please leave a review. But most importantly, do tune in to the next episode of My Perfect Failure. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to My Perfect Failure podcast. Be sure to visit www.myperfectfailure.com to join the conversation. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Look out for our next episode.